Well, guess what, everybody? Today, it's the 200th episode. Thank you very much. Of the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. Oh, that's enough, enough, enough. Thank you very much. Great. (laughs) And I've got a fantastic guest on the show who's going to show you and talk to you about how use LinkedIn to generate and video content to generate great sales for you and hone your presentation skills. Welcome everybody, this is Trevor Lee, this is the Better Presentations More Sales Podcast and it is episode 200. Ah, sorry to indulge in that. Now, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for coming along and listening. Don't forget, if you do like the show, leave a review for me would be fantastic. And if you want to say, oh, a little contribution, Trevor, towards your show, you know, because I know this all goes out for free, 200 content episodes for you over the last four years almost then what you could do is you could buy my book. (laughs) It's called 12 Business Lessons from Running an Ultra Marathon. 12 Business Lessons from Running an Ultra Marathon. And it was all designed around my 44 at 60 campaign in 2021. It's available now on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you want to buy a copy of the book, that would be amazing. And it'll be a great way of saying thanks very much for all this marvellous content, Trevor. You've been putting out for 200 episodes. And we got more, lots more, lots more to come as well. Now, on today's show, my special guest is Angela Mulrooney. Angela used to be a dentist, and now she has a company called Unleashing Influence. And she is going to share with you some fantastic tips on how to grow your personal brand, your personal profile, using a combination of LinkedIn and videos. So if you've been thinking, oh, I should get better at both of those... Then listen in. Angela's got some great stuff. Let's see. Let's welcome Angela to the show right now. So, Angela, great to have you on the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Trevor. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's it's great to have you on, Angela. And I know today you want to share some great content around personal brand. But just before you do that, tell us a little bit about yourself so our listeners can get a feel for you. So I used to be a dentist. Unfortunately, I built this amazing practice and then I got injured. So I had to figure out what I want to be when I grew up again. And that took me on the journey to building my professional dance company, building my business coaching company, which I leveraged LinkedIn for, which is how Unleashing Influence came about um, for helping people with their LinkedIn and their personal brands. So it's been a bit of an interesting journey, lots of ups and downs to try and get to where I wanted to be now. Wow, that's quite a switch. I don't think I've ever had anybody on the show who was used, who used to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I would have done dentistry till the day I died, to be honest, if the injury hadn't happened. So it wasn't by choice to leave the profession, but I've tried to make the most of it. Great stuff. Now, what, what, what I'm really interested to know today, Angela, is that you know a lot of our listeners, uh, this is all about sales and presenting tips, and I know a lot of our listeners have probably dabbled with things like video content and LinkedIn content and all that, but I'm sure that... You're here today to tell them that they need to do more than dabbling and, and get stuck into it. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how your journey through LinkedIn and then the use of video content sort of happened and where you've got to now. For sure. So when I was trying to get my business coaching company noticed for dentists, 
I didn't want to spend a whole bunch of mar on marketing because I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. So I'm like, I'm going to just try some organic tactics. And I looked at the different social media platforms and LinkedIn seemed like the people who would, who were business savvy in the industry, that's probably where they were playing. So I started putting out content and I got some of the worst advice ever when I started, which was you need to blend in before you stand out. So uh, <laughs> I took like, I've got the side of my head shaved. So I took my curls and put them on the other side and recorded really like conservative and measured in what I was doing. And it kind of was flatlined. And then I was getting more and more uncomfortable. So I decided, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to be me, see what happens. So I started being my sassy self. I put my hair the way that I normally have it. And suddenly I started to get engagement. And once I made that decision to just be me, I went from 200 to 12,000 industry followers on LinkedIn in a year. Wow. And so that kind of became the magic formula for everything I do with my clients. And my intent wasn't to do personal branding for other people. My intent was, you know, I was a dentist. I have these skills to help people with their business. So I'm going to do that. But how I grew started drawing attention from other people. And they're like, you know what, can you help me with my personal brand? Can you help me with my LinkedIn? And so I picked a few uh, cases to work with and wanted to see if I could actually replicate what I'd done for myself. And I could. And so I started taking on more and more clients. And actually this past year was one of those years of burning away everything. So I sold <laughs> off my dance company. I sold off the business coaching company. I sold off the agency part of Unleashing Influence and solely focused in on teaching people how to do their personal brand, how to create amazing content that is captivating and engaging for their audience. And how important do you think personal brand is, Angela? Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast work for corporate organizations and they, they think, well, it's okay because the marketing department for the corporation will help me uh, be successful in sales. But is personal brand becoming more and more important no matter what position you are in what company? Absolutely it is. Because you are able to create your reputation. You can craft it. You can highlight what you're good at by building out your profile on LinkedIn and putting out content on LinkedIn. And the thing is, if you leave a company, if you've already connected with people that you were working with in that company, as far as clients go, you get to take that with you. They don't suddenly like lob off all, all your contacts. You get to take those with you and you get to take everything that you've built for yourself while you were in that company with you. So it's no longer like in the dental industry, things are a little bit mean. And if someone leaves a practice, if they're a dentist, sometimes the practice will say, well, they moved to a different country or they're no longer in the city or, 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 or there's lots of little excuses they make so that they don't have to pass the clients on to the person who left. Right. But with our presence and building our personal brand, we have the ability to take all that goodwill that we built and take it with us no matter where we are. So. LinkedIn is a great place then for your personal brand to, as you say, because, you know, everybody says, you know, LinkedIn is your own. It's not your company's. It's your own profile. Take it with you, pack it up, you know, move it on to the next uh, role that you have. So what do you think people could do better at on LinkedIn generally, Angela? Are there other things that really stand out for you that you think, well, it's so obvious, you know, why, why aren't people doing that? It's easy to do. They should be doing it better. Yeah. One of the things is actually like filling out your profile. So LinkedIn has this lovely step-by-step. -step. There's little pencils in the corner of every section that you should be filling out. Fill it out. <laughs> because if someone goes and looks at your profile and it's not filled out, it looks like maybe it's a dead profile or you don't care. And if you're applying for a job or you're applying for contracts, people are going to look on that as well. And they want to see everything that they can about you. So just take the time to fill it out. And it's not, it is really not just a resume. 
that is on there. Your about section, you get to tell your story. The resume part comes in all the experiences that you have and you can fill that out as well. But you have the ability to really let people know who you are. And when you're building a personal brand, it's not about the perfection. It's not about, you know, everything looking corporatized. It's about showing the human being behind that profile. So when you actually fill out your profile properly, that's like step number one that everyone seems to skip. And then they try and jump to everything else instead. <laughs> well, just on that personal profile, Angela, one of the things I notice, two things really, but the first thing I notice when you mentioned the about section is, uh, I see a lot of about sections that look as though they've been copied and pasted from the company website. So they talk about the person in the third person. So, you know, Trevor yeah. is this and Trevor is that. Is that the right way to do that? Or should I be saying, I do this and I do that kind of thing? So it's first person in the about section. I, when I'm writing people's profiles, I always do it in first person because then it feels like you're telling the story to the person. They're reading it, but they're starting to feel like they're getting to know you. And that's what it's all about. And, and the other thing I always, uh, I always notice is the way that people uh, use their professional headline. Because, the, as you know, the vast majority of people just allow it to default, I think, don't they, from their job title. Now, I love yours, and I'm going to share it with our listeners, because if I get this right, yours, yours, your professional headline on LinkedIn simply says, The arsonist <laughs> handing you the match to burn down what is holding you back in building your personal brand. Wow, that's a fantastic professional headline. And I'm sure many of our listeners out there are thinking, mine just says, you know, head of marketing for XYZ company. So should people be making more of their professional headline, Angela? I think so. I think you should do something that actually describes what makes you excited about life or what you're doing in your job. So just listing your marketing title, like I could have unleashing your personal brand, which is still better than what a lot of people do, but it's still kind of me having the arsonist. People are like, well, what does that mean? So you want something that people read it and they lean in and go, okay, this person probably has a sense of humor and they also have something different to contribute to the world. And you want to stand out as different. If you're building a brand, you don't want to be the same as everybody else in your profession. You have to stick your head above water. And do you find that the people you work with on their LinkedIn profiles, they go, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Or I didn't, you know, I never even considered that. Yes. Well, if you have a professional training, typically there's this traditional path that you take, right? Like when I was a dentist, you know, get a job, work as an associate, buy a practice, become an owner and, you know, run an actual business. And for most professionals, that's the same kind of thing. And so they get stuck in this box of their profession and they sometimes are afraid to step out of it because they've got regulatory bodies looking over their shoulder and they don't want to break the rules. They don't want to tick off their colleagues. So they tend to stay very small and conservative in their role. Right. Okay. So sort your profile out. Step number one. When you've done that, then what, what, what would be the next obvious step if you want to make more of your LinkedIn and grow your personal profile and brand? Start figuring out what you actually stand for. So there's three questions I always ask people. And the first is, why are you still doing what you're doing in the role that you're doing? Because that tends to give like massive light bulbs. They're like, well, I don't really like what I'm doing. So then there's the <laughs> opportunity to grab the match and start burning some stuff down. Then we look at what actually started you on this path. So for some people, you know, they were helped by someone in that industry. And so they want to reach back and help other people and do the same thing. Sometimes it's a legacy in their family to do that. Sometimes something just got them excited. Like I became a dentist because I started liking teeth when I was two years old. So whatever that is, figure out what that inciting incident is, trace that path to where you are today, 
figure out if you actually want to be there and then figure out where you want to go because where you want to go becomes that North star. It drives your content. It drives your sales meetings. It drives your applications for jobs. And it's really hard to put out content if you don't understand where you're trying to go and try to figure out, yeah, you're not going to have a straight line from where you are today to where you want to go. It's going to be a bit windy, but you might as well have it as, as straight as you possibly can so that you're starting to achieve the results that you want. But what I find is most people just they throw spaghetti against the wall and just, you know, they had a thought, so they throw it out there and you're like, but I don't understand how this fits in with everything else that you've put out there. And so you can do a lot of harm to your reputation if you aren't actually thinking things through, planning it out. And um, from a sales point of view, one of the things that I, I do notice and I, it happens to me from time to time is that, um, you know, you'll get a connection from somebody that you might not necessarily be aware of who they are. And, you, you know, they, they send you a connection, hopefully a personalized one, and uh, and you connect and then bang, crash wallop. Suddenly you get, you know, well, you know what's coming next. You kind of get that. Oh, well, this is what we do. And this is what we, you know, and you think, oh, no. And then you, I, I find myself disconnecting with those people straight away. So is there a better way of doing that a bit more subtly, maybe, Angela, to use LinkedIn as a sales generating tool without quite throwing the sales pitch at me five minutes after we connected yes getting smacked over the head with the pitch is <laughs> the worst feeling ever and honestly with a lot of companies that are programming messages out for you and i'm not against that someone like trying to find those people who look like they're part of your avatar and starting messages but start off with a question like how is everything going not oh my gosh I think you're my perfect client. Here's all the things I can do for you. Set up a meeting before we even know anything about each other, right? Because a lot of times those, those messages are hitting people who it doesn't apply to at all. And so we have to be really careful how we're doing this. And, you know, there has been in the past with social media trying to build as many followers as we possibly can, right? The popularity contest of high school. And what we know is that doesn't work very well. You actually want to connect with people in your audience. So if you're sending out a message, I, I would hope that you're sending it out because you actually want to have a conversation with that person and follow through to actually have that conversation, whether it's your pen palling back and forth or you get onto Zoom, but find out something about the people that you're trying to bring into your following because that's free research for you as well. It, you can find out what the pain points are of those people that you want to connect with, the people who are, you know, have synergistic clients as well that you can be using um, and connecting with, you have the ability to do a whole bunch of research on what is actually happening here and now in their world. And then you can craft content and solutions that fit those people so much better than just guessing at what they want. Now, you, you mentioned research there, and I've heard people say that LinkedIn actually is is a tremendous research tool for when you're helping, you know, to plan your kind of sales generation ideas and all that because you can find out so much about people. You can do lots of, uh, lots of detailed searching on LinkedIn. Do people mm -hmm. use that in that way, Angela? Are you finding? Most people don't use any tool to level that it actually could be used, right? But if you want to go simple, a few things you can do is put out polls, ask a question, put out a few answers that you think might be relevant to your audience and see what the results are. And honestly, people love pressing buttons and voting on things. They love weighing in on questions. So that's a really easy way to get research. If you get Sales Navigator, you can be digging into finding those people 
down to tiny little details about them in order to really find those right people to send those starter messages out to. So there's lots of different ways you can be researching, even with hashtags. Um, if you have a subject matter that you talk on, see what's trending with that subject matter right now and weigh in on it or create content that fits with what is trending right now. now it's I, very powerful. Now, I heard on another podcast that someone was suggesting that one way of getting on someone's radar before you send them a connection is to A, look at their profile and B, comment on something that they've posted because it, if, if people comment, unless they've got thousands of comments, I, I think we all tend to sort of look at the comments and hopefully reply to them. Is that is that is that a good tactic, do you think? If it's genuine, yes. Okay. We still have lots of smarmy stuff going on where people are like, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to stroke their ego a little bit and maybe they'll connect with me. And it's like, well, if you actually like were interested in what they said and you put a smart comment that is relevant to it, that's great if it's genuine. But people can feel so easily whether stuff is genuine or if it's BS. Now, video. We, we mentioned video right at the beginning. Now, this week, because we're recording this on a, on a Thursday and it's going out on a Monday, but uh, I've been following up one of my podcasts with a short little one to two minute video every day this week explaining one of the points on the podcast. So is video a crucial part of content? Does it make a difference? Absolutely. Trying to just put out static pictures or infographics, it can tell a bit of a story about you, but people want to know the human behind the profile. They want to know the humans who are running the company. So when you actually get on camera and allow yourself to be yourself, which is so much harder than you would think it would be, it allows people to really start to get to know the dynamic version of you, not just the person who had that perfect headshot that day, had a perfect copywriter. And they get to see, you know, they get to hear what you talk like. They get to see your mannerisms. They get to hear your ideas. And if you're consistent with that over a long period of time, they start to trust you as well because they go, okay, this person isn't just a one trick pony. They didn't have one great video and then it went wah, wah, wah and disappeared into the background. But they have the ability to keep bringing thought leadership to the platform. That is a big win if you're trying to attract clients to you. And it's not just about attracting clients. It's about communicating with your clients in between those touch points that you actually get to see them. So you can add tremendous value and also be educating your ideal clients who already work with you on the solutions that you have that sometimes you don't get the opportunity to talk to them about. So if uh, listeners are thinking, well, I'd like to get into video, Angela, but you know, oh, I don't, I don't really think I'm, you know, I'm not, very, I'm not very confident in front of camera, and oh, and how the hell, how am I going to do a video? You know, do I have to get someone to come in and shoot the video every time? So, what would you say to them? You have, you have a smartphone. These Angela, is, Angela is holding up her phone for those listening in audio only. <laughs> yeah. So get your smartphone set up properly. Get a microphone. Like I've got a lapel mic attached here. You've got yep. headphones. That works great. Get a lighting system. I just have a simple um, O-ring in front of me. And those kind, like get the right equipment so that you don't look like you're playing amateur hour when you're creating your videos. That's the one of the biggest steps. And then practice. Get on there and practice. Um, yesterday I did a session, I call it content creation for cowards. And it talks about, I talked to marketing agencies about how they can help their people to get on camera. And if they can't do it themselves, then they work with me. I get their people um, camera ready and then I send them back to them so that they can continue on with their, their uh, roadmap and plan for their marketing. Excellent. And how would you advise someone to, you know, just get started in video? You say about using your phone and the lapel microphone, that's all great. But I think 
I think I, I get it. it's a bit like working with people on presentations. It's just getting that first one over the line and then thinking, well, it's not too bad after all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you figure out what you're trying to put out there and then start writing out topics that you can talk about, that's a good starting point. So don't just try willy nilly creating something and hoping that it's going to be right. Put some thought into it, especially if you're going to be putting it out on LinkedIn. Your reputation on LinkedIn is everything. So you don't want to, you may not come out of the gate as a superstar, but come out as strong as you possibly can. And then people will happily watch you evolve. It's actually fun for people to see the evolution of people with their content. And you do eventually have to start, but I do suggest do some thinking about it, do some planning so that you are as comfortable as possible before you get into it. But don't spend a year waiting to have the perfect moment. It's never going to come. <laughs> now, using something, using well, we're talking about LinkedIn. Using LinkedIn as a, as a sales client generating tool, whatever you want to call it, or machine, as you mentioned it on your, uh, on your website, Angela. But how often do you have to interact with LinkedIn to really make this start to happen for you? Is it, is it once a day, once a week, or what would you suggest? As far as putting out content, the recommended amount is two to three pieces per week. Okay. If you're doing more than that, LinkedIn knows that the people on the, on the platform are busy, so it doesn't want you spamming. So it doesn't want you posting three, four times a day. It actually wants high quality content in lower volume, which is interesting um, because like Instagram, Facebook, it's totally opposite of that. Um, and then as far as like how much interaction you should do, I would say get on there if you can every day to answer your messages. If you're not putting a whole bunch of messages out there, you're probably not going to have a whole bunch of volume coming in, but it is good to keep on top of your messages. I have to admit, I'm not always on top of it as much as I would like, but if you just spend like those 15 to 30 minutes a day going and finding people that you think you would like to know, either do business with or have in your network, get looking on their content, see if there's something that does interest you genuinely and start reaching out to them and starting those conversations and make sure you keep up on it. Fantastic. Well, Angela, um, to wrap this podcast up in a minute or so, I'm just going to ask you for a couple of uh, sort of like tips for listeners to go away and do straight away. You may have mentioned them already, but things that they can just, you know, stop listening to this podcast, open up their LinkedIn profile, make a difference right now, because you know what happens, you know, people hear these things, they think, oh, yeah, we'll do that, and then they never do it. So I'm going to say to listeners, right, do it now. But before I ask you for those, just uh, just can you let listeners know how they can find out more about you? How, can they connect with you on LinkedIn, for example, or your website? Just And I'll put all the details in the show notes. But if you just want to give us a rundown on how to find out more about you, that would be great. For sure. So on LinkedIn, you can find me. It's Dr. Angela Mulroney. If you want to visit my company website, it's unleashinginfluence.com. Or you can send me a direct email at Angela at unleashinginfluence.com. Brilliant. Okay. So... Listeners, be ready because Angela's going to give you at least two things, maybe three, I'm not sure, that you we can do as soon as you've finished listening to this podcast. So Angela, what should listeners be doing and that can make a real difference to their LinkedIn profile? Start by answering those three questions. Why are you still doing what you're doing? What started you on that path? And where are you trying to go? The answers to that will inform your about section that you're going to do in first person telling a story. And if you can start with that and then completely fill out your LinkedIn profile, that is a great starting point. Tip number two is going to be write out what you want to talk about that supports what you went through at that first exercise. So what is the content that is relevant to where you're trying to go? And 
what are the subject matter topics, what are the subtopics on that, so you can build out a year's worth of roadmap if you want of what you want to get on in, on there and share with the world. Fantastic and fantastic. Angela, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much for sharing some brilliant insight. And so I hope everybody listening to this is going to go away and do those things on LinkedIn and let LinkedIn, you know, with your help now, uh, make a difference to their personal brand and ultimately their their sales generation and get the videos running as well and, you know, improve their confidence as a presenter and speaker using videos on LinkedIn. Andrew, it's been a delight. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Enjoy your day. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've been inspired to do something about your LinkedIn profile by Angela there. You know, it doesn't take a lot, does it, just to change that professional headline, update your about section, start putting some content out there two or three times a week, commenting on what people are putting on there, getting on the radar, using it as a research tool. You know, if you follow Angela's ideas and, you know, it will be, you know, potentially transformational for you. And who knows where all those new, you know, new ideas and new contacts could lead for you in terms of sales. And do use video content because not only will it help you get noticed on LinkedIn, it will also help you grow your confidence as a presenter and speaker. So you get the best of both of our, you know, topics on this podcast. You get better at presenting and hopefully you'll create more sales as well. So there we go. Now, I've got a whole range of guests lined up over the next few weeks, okay? So I'm going to have to try and find a way of <laughs> of getting on the show because I like to do my own episodes from time to time. But at the moment, I just seem to be besieged with uh, people who want to come on the show, which is fantastic. And I've got some amazing guests coming up. Now, next week, I've got Sam Tiara, Tiara sorry, who is going to talk about loads of great stuff around audience engagement. Sam is a speaker, he's been on TEDx, he's an educator, he's a coach, he's a writer, he's a community do-gooder, he's got a couple of books out there. He's, it's, it's going to be an amazing, another amazing episode. So listen out for that one. That'll be with you next Monday as well. And so great. Thank you very much for listening. And if you do want to say thanks very much for me for bringing you the podcast, then go on to Amazon have a look at 12 business lessons from running an ultra marathon. That would be an amazing way of saying thank you for doing the podcast. Right, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.